0: Welcome to another Stock Odds Podcast. This is Odds and Ends with Rob Friesen and
1: Dave Singh. Good evening, Rob. How's everything? Hey, not too bad. I just had company uh, leave, so I'm uh, free to do this. Sorry we're so late, uh, audience. Uh, apologize for that. Um, You'll have to work through the wee hours of the morning to get ready for trading tomorrow. (laughs) As do we. Well, we're just trying to get our bearings here as to what the week could be
0: like coming ahead here. This is the last week of the month, and... uh, I know the seasonality almanac usually references the final five days of the month. And this just happens to be an entire full week, Monday through Friday, the last five days of the month month. And I've been looking at the almanac to see any trends there. And I know you've been looking at certain sectors as well with some of your research, but just want to get your take on uh, what you, what you think about the markets coming starting tomorrow.
1: Hey, before I forget, um, we did post a blog for the last trading day of October, so you can go to our blog at mystockodds.com forward slash blog, and um, we talk about hot stocks for uh, the last uh, day, trading day of the month. And um, it's a pretty good article, so it'll give you some flavor of using seasonality. Um, so uh, we'll be rolling over to that uh, with Dave here momentarily. Um, first, let me look at um, you know where things are at. So. So, right now, um, the we, we did we did spike to to a high there on uh, Friday on the Dow and pulled back a little bit. Now, the Dow has gotten slightly above uh, that sort of August high that it set, right? and And so it's been it's come back kind of the strongest of of the other. Markets like the Dow, S&P, NASDAQ, and Russell. So the Dows kind of had that leadership, right? Um, and it's it's holding up okay right now, um, and we'll see how that uh, is pre-market. The S&P um, also, you know, holding pretty good. Did uh, spike up there on uh, Friday to test the high, never really got much above it, just kind of like tried to poke through. Um, and it's it's holding up okay right now. NASDAQ 100, it never made it back to that high that was really set at the end of August, beginning of September. It never it never really made it back there. So it was kind of one of the latter ones to, to push up there, and uh, now it's been a lagger to get back to that area. So there's still some room uh, on the NASDAQ 100, and it rolled over from the on the index from the 15,500 area and it pulled back and we're sitting at 15,335. So that one still has more room to the upside before it touches the August high, September high there. And then the Russell has gotten back to the top of its trading range um, over the last two months. And it still has some room to go to get back to highs that it set back in March and then uh, lower highs that it set in June and July. So um, Russell has been mm, kind of the weaker in the sense that it hasn't had that uh, big rally. But the rally for Russell really started last November when it performed you know, insanely from from really November 1st all the way to um, February, when it, uh, you know, first uh, popped up there, and then March it made another new high. But that that move all the way to February was was quite astounding, and uh, that's when you also got you know into January, February, you got some of those short squeezes that happened on small cap stuff. You know, the SPACs were going crazy. It's a lot of speculation, a lot of froth in the market. And since that point, the Russell's been sideways all the way through. And, and uh, if, it, if it does this again in uh, November like it did last year, that's going to be quite remarkable. Um, it'll be building. It'll, you know, actually, there's something to that, Dave. You know, when something channels for a, a long way sideways, mm-hmm. it gets this sort of built-up energy, you know, and it can it can really explode out of a channel to to the upside or at work or the other way, it could falter to the downside. But what I've seen in 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 my life regarding trading is that when something has lifted, goes into a channel and doesn't come back down and and holds there for a long period of time, the break is usually to the upside. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would be anticipating is a repeat of November last year where this november we uh really start going with the Russell, so we got to pay attention to that because you don't want to get run over and you certainly want to benefit from that if you can well isn't the dow kind of being the strongest
0: of the indices kind of a precursor to that it's kind of like big cap defensive
1: move people are flooding into the the
0: the big names
1: yeah other than the other than the NASDAQ 100, which has been a little bit uh, softer right than the Dow. So there has been this flight to value. There has been the flight to the cyclical. It has been a flight to um, some of the dividend paying stuff. Um, and it's probably just because the market got so frothy and then we had some risk with the government crap, uh, you know, I shouldn't say crap, but the government uh, stuff that's been going on, um, It uh, it's meant that you know we were a little bit at risk and and so some of these uh companies that don't have any profits you know may not may not go the way that they say like hey by the year 2034 we're going to be profitable <laughs> mm-hmm. it's still a long way down so i mean it went to a, there was a flight to quality no question the same thing happened with the dollar you know we we had a flight in the dollar and now it's starting to weaken off of its highs as well um and because things are priced in U.S. dollars, when a dollar pulls back, they should actually go up, like commodities should go up. And even the, the stock market should actually go up. It had been tracking together for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, anyway, what do you got on your radar regarding uh, next week? We got five days seasonality, the last five trading days of the month, last three. Yeah, the so I was trying to see which sectors might do better than the spider, or
0: the, uh, and a couple of them popped up. Um, financials are expected to outperform the overall market and also technology and some underperformers are are expected to be oil and gold but um, even tonight gold's making a a high there it's gone up again another percentage so so it's kind of conflicting between what seasonality would dictate and then what's happening in the macro especially with oil Um, technology and uh, financials it, it may still be strong but um the conflicting uh, signal would be oil. Okay.
1: Well, um, with the financials, we have to pay attention to uh, TLT, right? Mm-hmm. And it uh, you know, was moving higher, so wouldn't that put a stress on financials to go lower? Yeah, it's, it's the a, officer, interest rates. Right? Interest rates
0: go up, helps financials, interest rates come down, it, it hurts them. So, I mean, they... To
1: move in lockstep, <clears throat> right? And so um, the TLT had had pushed down. Um, that's a 20-year bond, and um, and so financials had been pretty strong for a while, and and so we're kind of on the on the back side of that. I'm just going to t- pull up uh, XLF, which obviously there's a lot of things in XLF, um, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's been moving up to new highs as well. I mean, it's been doing pretty good recently. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, again, financials have all kinds of different, you have capital markets, you have insurers and things like that. So, um, so what else is on, uh, what other groups are strong for this week or? Or weaker this week. Well, some of the biotechs could be a little bit
0: weaker as well. So IBB, XBI. So maybe some of your smaller biotech companies would be weaker, and especially if the interest rates continue to go higher as well, that's going to benefit financials but hurt things like technology and biotech companies that need to grow, that need to borrow money. It's going to become more expensive for them to borrow money and then use that money to grow. So we can see a little bit of pressure on on this smaller smaller biotechs and growth
1: growth healthcare. So for the foreseeable future here, we still have the inflation uh, backdrop. Uh, This is a significant theme. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Yellen alluded to that as well, that, um, you know, maybe mid-2022 before we see any, you know, light at uh, at the end of the tunnel here, but even then could be longer, right? I don't see how it can be transitory, especially with
0: wages. I mean, in my town, there are signs everywhere, $16 an hour, $20 an hour, trying to get labor in there. And they still can't find the labor, right? So once you start paying people more, it's pretty hard to take that back. And so I'm, I'm really suspect about this whole transitory argument.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, inflation has been a lot about the velocity of money. So what happens is if people have you know been able to save and they want to get out and spend it and there's more money, you know, chasing fewer goods. Um, so it, so I don't like, I think we have, we have a lot of goods. I mean, the goods are all bottlenecked though right now, but they will, they will push through and, and we'll have that back to that sort of deflationary aspect of an abundance of goods. Um, technology should be deflationary, but it's this bottleneck for like services and, and discretionary areas that, um, you know, you could see the these inflationary pressures. So I I think I I think I, I look at it two ways. I think that the, the the Fed is sort of being a little bit more like optimistic, and I think it's gonna catch them a little bit. But at the same time I do agree with them that in some of these areas these bottlenecks will push through. So you know, it's kind of like giving birth, right? <laughs> you know, well, not that you and I have experienced that, but but you know what I mean. Uh, it's like uh, it will come out the other end. <laughs> so so uh, and, and so in that sense, it'll be transitory. But but you know, before then, it's there's a lot of pain, and also uh, the public, uh, you know, groceries have gone up, meat has gone up, like. You know, even myself, I mean, it's like uh, uh, the l- last time I was at Costco, I actually chose the sirloin rather than, you know, the other better cuts because, you know, the, the prices jumped a lot, right? And it's yeah, like, uh, 10, 20%. You know, uh, I, I yeah, you know, I just can't pay that. But anyway, um, I, I can always doctor up the meat pretty good, so it uh, tastes just the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Kobe, but I'm not a Kobe steak eater myself, but anyway, um, the thing is that uh, I think that I think the feds are are right and wrong if I, if I can say it that way. i think I think that in some areas, you almost have to you you almost have to break it down, kind of industry by industry and not sort of just say the brushstroke of inflation is either. Long duration or transient. I don't think you can say it because I think it's you got to go industry by industry, Mm -hmm. you know, and say, what is the real impact here? You know, like if, uh, uh, you know, like kind of how oil, you know, is in a in a bit of a problem right now because the supply chains got disrupted. We started to get more ESG um, and portfolio managers are significantly underweighted and or don't have it at all. Everybody's scrambling. And so, um, you know, you get this significant rise in, in oil prices, and I don't think it's over yet. And this is what we need to bring to our audiences: is that, you know, you can have very good statistical data. You can have highly quantitative. You can put a, even technicals, things like that. And you can have a macro theme that runs over that, mm-hmm. right? It just it, it, it it's it's like we should be going down at this time of year for oil, but we're not. Why? There's a there's a fundamental reason why that has now taken over the more, you know, quantitative boring approach. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. You're going to experience it your whole life, where, you know, what you do 80% of the time. Will be at risk 20% of the time, mm-hmm. right? So you have your quantitative stuff, and and in most cases everything's working, but but there's these forces. So make an adjustment, allow for it. Don't get stubborn, you know. I wrote an article about how seasonal oil was between July and November, December. Well, seasonally we should be weaker, but we're not. Because of these forces, um, next year, I might be right again. <laughs> I could be wrong this year. Next year, I might be right. But it's just seasonal data. That's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. so any any thoughts in closing here?
0: No, no. it just seems like there's a little undercurrent of risk on in the background here, especially with technology expected to the to outperform a little bit. We got have, we have um Bitcoin kind of near high levels, things like Tesla rally again, even some of the arc funds, so that There's like an appetite for risk, but I mean, seasonality wise, we're expected to have kind of muted last five days, but then we could set up for a a big rally come November. Like you're saying, a repeat of last, last November, maybe the small caps really start taking off and then drives the entire market. So it it, it just, the futures aren't doing much right now, but um, I
1: think there's a little undercurrent of uh, risk on, especially in technology. There seems to be a real appetite for, I mean, the market, the market had corrected a bit and it it just, it, it couldn't help itself Mm -hmm. to get back to where it started, right? Like it was tripping over itself to get back where it started. Um, And, and, you know, it just seems like it wants to go higher and there's nothing wrong with that. And and November is the, is the beginning of the best six months of the year. And so, um, you know, we probably won't have an upset until midterms, Right. You know, and uh, if, uh, you know, China was going to invade Taiwan, uh, they would probably want to do it before the midterms, Um, you know, if that's going to happen at all. I mean, that could be a very disruptive event to the market. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, we we fasten your seatbelts, we're going into the best six months of the year and market will probably want to go higher, but you never know what the surprises are. That's why they call them surprises.
0: (laughs) That's why they're black swans.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If The white ones we can kind of get an idea of. Gray ones are somewhat hard to figure out, but black ones, you're totally surprises, right? (laughs) All right, my friend. Thank you, and uh, have yourself a good rest, and we'll catch you in the morning.
0: Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye.